It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. While we debate the futures of Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady on every ESPN platform, that Mahomes guy is going to take center stage on the field this weekend trying to win his second Super Bowl. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN app. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. She is Courtney Cronin, and we are filling in for the guys. It's time for us to go out to the hotline where Danon Hughes calls games for the Chiefs radio network. He joins us now. Danon, where is confidence level of Chiefs kingdom headed into Saturday's game against the Jaguars? Well, what's going on, guys? I would say this. Um, confidence level is normal, playoff level. I mean, we've been scorned. I, I, I've been on multiple interviews this week and talked about I always hate to go to back in my day guy, but back in my day – we lost in first rounds of playoffs in the divisional round after buys when we were the best team or the, at the highest seed. So I feel like the Chiefs' kingdom, they remember that stuff. And even though we've had it really, really good with Patrick Mahomes and this whole tenure and this whole run, uh, this is possibly a fifth straight AFC championship that we could host, depending on if the if we win and if the Bengals win. But, like, there's also been some scorn in the history. So I feel like uh, we're in a position now where we're comfortable where we are. We're comfortable in who we are. We're comfortable in how healthy we are. But we also know that the Jaguars are not going to roll over. If anything that we learned this past weekend, we learned that the Jaguars got a lot of fight in them. And we're going to have to play a full 60 minutes. Yeah, Dana, what are they saying in Kansas City right now about what they saw from Trevor Lawrence in the second half? Because I don't think you could have had a worse first half of football than what Trevor Lawrence did throwing four interceptions and then the way that he rebounded in the second half. Like, what kind of test does the Chiefs defense feel like it's going to be in for against a great quarterback and a play caller who helped this team win in the, in the wildcard round? You know what? I think this team recognizes that that guy has a lot of greatness in him. He's got a lot of great qualities. He's got composure. And I think you don't even look at the X's and O's so much as far as the schemes and the routes and all of that. You look at the moxie that he displayed in that game. And being that it's his first ever playoff game and he was able to go out there and showcase that not only do I have the ability to put numbers up, but I also have the ability to bounce back from severe adversity in game time. Like we're not we're not talking about him having a bad game leading into the playoffs. We're talking about like he had 30 minutes of probably his worst football ever, and yet had 30 minutes of his best football ever in the playoffs on that stage. So I feel like the guys I've been over to the stadium, talked with coaches and in preparation for the game this week. And they have the utmost respect for Trevor Lawrence and this team. We played them back in week 10. They turned us over three times. They're one of the top teams in the NFL in getting turnovers on defense and helping their team 
uh, help to propel their offense. So there's a lot of respect uh, garnered from the Chiefs to the Jags, and they know that it's going to be a full 60-minute fight. Danon Hughes calls games for the Kansas City Chiefs radio network. He is our guest, Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. She is Courtney Cronin. This is Mahomes' first playoff game without Tyreek Hill. We know he trusts Kelsey the most, but which receiver does he trust the most? Man, that's a great question because, you know, just rewinding about six months ago, like we were supposed to be third in the AFC West. We were supposed to be in rebuild mode because we lost Tyreek Hill. And Patrick Mahomes came out and said, we're going to be really good. And I quote, we're just going to look different because we're going to spread the ball around. And every single week that showed itself. I mean, there were games where he had 12 different receivers, 13 different targets to different guys. Um, the running back, Jarek McKinnon, if we would have said Jarek McKinnon would have had a season that he had back in July, would anybody re- realize that or, or believe that? So to answer your question, the quick answer is I feel like Juju Smith-Schuster is that guy, but there's a longer answer behind it because Patrick is not focused on one guy like he used to be with Tyreek Hill. They're not leaning on one guy to take a five-yard hitch and turn it into a 60-yard play, making seven different guys miss down the sideline. They're not looking for that. That's not how this offense has worked. It's more complete of an offense, and it's just as potent as we've seen in the numbers show you. We got some injury news coming out of practice on Tuesday that both Jody Fortson and Clyde Edwards-Alaire would be designated to return off injured reserve to return to practice and potentially get ready to play in this game on Saturday. What kind of boost does that give the Chiefs offense with the potential addition of those two? So, I mean, there's a lot of questions behind that as well because what you have, Courtney, in that is you have a well-oiled machine that's been running in regards to the running rushing attack of the Chiefs with, with Isaiah Pacheco and Jarek McKinnon. Uh, those are a one-two punch that over the last seven weeks showed themselves to be as good as any other combo in the NFL. And so now you have a little twist because what do you do with Clyde Edwards-Alaire? Uh, because he was the starter. He has been on this team for a Super Bowl run in the past. Uh, I think that's a huge question that Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy are going to have to answer. I personally am not sure that I would shake things up with the running back and the rushing attack. Do you activate him if he's healthy? Yes. But to me, he should be relegated probably to that number three role uh, and coming in in – sporadic situations and if we're able to get a, a multi-score lead late in the game get him some carries so just in case you need him later in the playoffs he's got his feet a footing under him and he's got back to that playing speed Jody Fortson to me is a no-brainer he's a hybrid tight end slash receiver and a great compliment to Travis Kelsey so I'd like to see him back in the fold Dana Hughes, our guest, Kansas City Chiefs radio analyst on Canty and Carlin. We know Doug Peterson and Andy Reid know each other really well, and Doug was his OC for many years in Kansas City. So who gets the edge when you have 
two coaches that are familiar with each other? Is it the mentor or is it the pupil? Well, I don't think you definitely don't uh, <laughs> you don't you don't take for granted the mentee uh, because they've learned a lot and they know a lot. And Doug Peterson is a very smart and capable uh, coach. He's won a Super Bowl. But I'm going to lean on Andy Reid. I mean, you could have asked that question about any other coach in the league and Andy Reid, and I'm going to lead on Andy Reid. I, I just feel like he is the prototypical coach for an NFL team. It's not a player's coach. It's not a organization coach. He's got it all encompassed inside of him. He knows how to manage young men to give their best efforts on the field. And that's exactly what you want. And with so many question marks around the NFL, like we've been fortunate. And quite frankly, we've been very, very spoiled in the Chiefs kingdom to have Andy Reid and that coaching tree. But in answering your question, I feel like Andy Reid's the answer to that question a hundred times out of a hundred. And that's not a slight to Doug, Doug Peterson. I just feel like Andy has a true pulse and he's had a resume of success against people that have come from his tree too. So we don't want that to stop this weekend. Dana, in a couple of weeks, we will find out who gets to walk home with the NFL's most valuable player award on top of offensive rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year, comeback player of the year. That all happens the night before the Super Bowl. And it's possible that Patrick Mahomes walks away with his second MVP throughout his six-year career. And I feel like at this point, he's a runaway for this award. And considering all that he's done this year without Tyreek Hill in the fold, but also mm-hmm. putting up numbers in a efficiency that are otherworldly like what impresses you or has impressed you the most from this season of Patrick Mahomes yeah I'd say you know it's it's tough because when you think about Patrick Mahomes like what should surprise us at this point (laughs) I mean it's like I mean the guy is magical he's he's everything you want in a team leader but also a playmaker uh, as a former wide receiver, uh, I, w- I played with Joe Montana. I played with some great guys. I played with Rich Gannon, great quarterbacks. And there's there's the ability to have an engagement and a connection with your receivers that those special, special quarterbacks have. And I see that with Patrick Mahomes. Like, all I wanted my quarterback to know is just trust that I'm not going to let an interception happen. Throw me the ball and trust me enough that – the worst that could happen is an incompletion. And that's what you see with Patrick Mahomes. So it's not surprising that he's in this position. And in six years in the league, only five years as a starter, and we're talking about two, a second MVP. I, I don't think it was a runaway if you asked me this question back in week 14, but I thought he was still ahead for just about most of this season, even with Jalen Hurts before he got hurt. And – I look forward to him getting his flowers. I think it's justified for every reason that you just mentioned with Tyreek Hill gone, um, some change-ups in, you know, the rookies coming about, the change-up in this offense, not having that dynamic number one, but having a whole bunch of number twos and threes and still putting up eye-popping numbers. So I'm not sure if this is more impressive than his first run as a as an MVP, but I, th- I think it's it's really close. Danan, you're spoiled. Don't take it for granted. Enjoy it this weekend, all right? 
Absolutely. Hopefully, uh, we'll be able to take advantage, and our stars will play like stars, and we'll be having smiles on our faces uh, late Saturday evening. Danon Hughes covers the Chiefs. He calls games on the Kansas City Chiefs radio network. He is their radio analyst. Appreciate it, Danon. Thank you so much. No problem. Y'all have a good one. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also listen on your smart speaker. I'm Aaron Goldhammer, and she is Courtney Cronin. Courtney, we've got four games this weekend, and I actually think divisional playoff weekend is the best weekend of the NFL playoffs. I mean, you're not alone in that, and certainly if last year is any sort of indication about what this year could be, most people will side with you there. I've always heard the notion that most people think it actually might be the best weekend in sports, period, throughout the calendar year. I think that that might be a little bit of a stretch because you can look at the Final Four, you can look at Masters weekend, all things like that. But of the NFL calendar, I don't think there's anything bigger than divisional playoff weekend. 4.30 NBC, Jags and Chiefs. We just talked about that game with Dana in Kansas City, an eight-and-a-half-point favorite. 8.15 on Saturday night, the Giants head to Philadelphia to play the Eagles. Like all the kind of iffy, yucky playoff teams like Tampa and Seattle, <laughs> they've gotten weeded out of this thing now. And, well, I guess Jacksonville's still there. Uh, Bengals-Bills will kick things off on Sunday at 3 o'clock Eastern time. And then at 6.30, the Cowboys and the 49ers. Here's what we want to know from you at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888 3776 as we open it up and we will get to your calls starting immediately. Which of the four games are you looking forward to? And in particular, Courtney, I'm interested in talking to people that don't have a dog in the fight, mm-hmm. right? I'm interested to talk at, you know, some guy in Kansas City, of course, he's looking forward to the Chiefs and the Jags. Some guy has been an Eagle fan his whole life or a Cowboy fan waiting for a, another trip to the NFC Championship game. Okay. But I want to talk to someone who is a Steeler fan, a Bears fan, a fan of a team that's not involved in the action, because I feel like that's a good view of which of these games is actually the best. Courtney, I'll let you start. Which of the four games are you looking forward to the most? Well, I like storylines. And when you go back to last year's game between the San Francisco 49ers and the Dallas Cowboys in the wild card round, we know how that ended for Dallas and that that was the topic of conversation throughout the offseason and going into Monday. Could they actually win a playoff game in the wild card round? And they did in order to set themselves up set themselves up for this game on Saturday. And I know some people have been talking about, well, it's unfair to Dallas, given that they had two days less uh, to prepare and to rest to get ready for this divisional playoff game. Well, that's the way the schedule came out. And I think this game and what the stakes are for both quarterbacks, where you've got Brock Purdy, who is the youngest quarterback remaining in the postseason at 23 years old, and Dak Prescott, who just won another playoff game. So he's got, I believe it's two right now, uh, throughout his NFL career and the way that he played leads many, myself included, to believe if he continues to play at that level, this team is a Super Bowl team. But San Francisco in the magic they've been able to continue to have, Aaron, week in and week out. You haven't seen a clunker from Brock Purdy along the way of him replacing Jimmy Garoppolo in that Miami game. You've seen quarterback play that has steadily gotten better on a week in and week out basis, whereas with Dak, 
I think everyone's collectively holding their breath, hoping that the poor decision-making and the interceptions don't pop up against a team that's not going to give you any margin for error the way that maybe a Tampa Bay team would have. I mean, it it is good that he didn't throw any picks and make any poor decisions, but Tampa Bay's defense and the defense of the San Francisco 49ers, vastly different calibers of defenses. You you know, Courtney, it it takes me back, and you and I are, I think, relatively close to the same age. The— when you see Cowboys 49ers divisional playoff weekend, that feels like the football like that football. I grew up with. Yes, Old that school feels, football. That feels like Troy Aikman against Steve Young. That feels like, you know, John Madden and Pat Summerall calling the game. Oh, yeah. So I'm looking forward to that one. But I, I got to say, like, to me, I have a strong emotional attachment to what's going to be going on in Buffalo earlier in the sure. day on Sunday. Um, I get the sense, and I don't know this for sure, but I feel like they're going to try to use the DeMar Hamlin pop from the crowd before this. This is the two teams that were playing in that Monday night game a couple of weeks ago. And because Hamlin has done so incredibly well, I feel like that just sets the stage for a real classic. We don't know how that game would have ended up had it actually been allowed to continue and Hamlin had popped up from that tackle and run back off to the sideline. And I think this is the best quarterback matchup, you know. Mm -hmm. God bless Brock Purdy, but you've got two of the three best quarterbacks in football going toe-to-toe, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow. And keep in mind, Courtney, it's two teams, neither of whom have ever won the Super Bowl. So it feels like this is a big stakes game where, you know, 49ers fans have seen it. Chiefs, their team won a Super Bowl a couple years ago, you know. The Eagles won a bowl a couple of years ago. So did the Giants. It just feels like it means more for organizations that have never been that far. So I can't wait for what's going to be happening earlier in the day, Sunday, 3 o'clock Eastern, in Buffalo with Bills Mafia, with the possibility of DeMar Hamlin being there, coming out onto the field. All of that, I think, is going to be incredible. 888-SAY-ESPN, our number, 888-729-3776. We start with Brad in Missouri. He is on ESPN Radio. What's up, Brad? Guys, thank you for guys. Thank you for taking the call. I appreciate it. Um, I, I would say, okay, all four games are just awesome. And being in Missouri, obviously, I'm a Chiefs fan. Um, I'm a little worried about the Jags because you know they got the mojo for that comeback against the Chargers. But I would say, in my opinion, the most intriguing game is the game that puts the team that has been hot all season. And that's the Eagles um, versus the Giants, who we got, a let's say, one game of being hot this last game they played. Um, I'm a little worried for the Eagles, to be honest, because, uh, you know, Jalen takes some time off. What is he going to be like? And the Eagles, or, I mean, the Giants, if, if you get 300 yards passing and almost 100 yards rushing from your quarterback, yeah. Um, That's That's tough. That's that's, going to be very tough. It's a heck of a story, Brad, because so often we write quarterbacks off after their first year. Mm -hmm. And for Daniel Dimes to be doing this at this point, after they turned down his fifth-year option, it's a pretty cool story. So you're right in saying it. All four of these games are great. I think the Giants are kind of playing better than the Eagles are right now, and that'll be a good one on Saturday night. You can make a case for almost any of them. Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. More calls when we come back. What is the most intriguing matchup of divisional playoff weekend? I'm Aaron Goldhammer with Courtney Cronin, Canty, and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. 
Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Here's the scenario. I'm the sports god. I'm letting you only watch one game this weekend of the four. Which one are you choosing? Triple H, say ESPN. The sports god's name is Aaron Goldhammer. My accomplice is Courtney Cronin. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also listen to us on your smart speaker if you want to join the conversation. 888-729-3776. Courtney, thank goodness the rules aren't like this, that you can only pick one of the four games to watch. But you're taking Cowboys 49ers. If I if I made it so that you could only watch one and the others you had to listen to on the radio or something. You know, there's some really good radio play-by-play announcers and analysts. So I would be happy just as long as like you let me listen and watch or consume all four of these games, Mr. Sports God, and not make me just pick one and then I have to like be away from all sorts of media the next couple days while I wait to find out what the outcomes are. Just I like that I like this segment with me as the sports god. I, I feel like we need like a, a giant See, I'll, thunderbolt. I'll you, like, yeah, you can be boom. Zeus. I'll be whatever the other Greek <laughs> mythological character is that lets people watch NFL football when we want to watch NFL football and not have to only pick one of these games because y- you brought it up earlier, Aaron. I mean, Bills Bengals, the last time we saw these two teams play was on Monday Night Football, the night yeah. that the world stopped with DeMar Hamlin and the emotion world, that's anyway. going to be yeah. Yeah. in in the emotion inside the stadium in Buffalo is going to be palpable. And on top of that, you've got three teams from the NFC East in the playoffs, which if you would have asked most people in August, if, if that would have happened, I think most would have said no, especially with this Giants team. But there's so many cool little storylines and the way that, that this divisional playoff weekend is woven together that I'm just thankful you are not the sports god in real life and unless you you're going to yeah. come here and strike down my, my TV in the middle of the game, I'm actually going to get to watch all four. Sounds like a nightmare scenario. <laughs> a calling up to Mount Olympus is Arnold in Iowa. Arnold, you're on with the sports god and goddess. <laughs> hey, man, thank you guys for having me on. 
Um, one game that I'm going to be definitely watching is that Eagles, uh, the Eagles versus the Giants. I'm hoping that the Giants beat the Eagles, man. A lot of these guys, uh, especially Eagles fans, they're, they talk a lot of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Um, I feel like the schedule, the schedule has been kind of easy for them. You know, uh-huh. they got, um, through some things that, um, that they were lucky on. You know, I do like Jalen Hurts though. Because you don't have a lot of black quarterbacks in the NFL, um, so I'm hoping, um, you know, I know it's between really him and Patrick Mahomes for the MVP, but I'm hoping that Jalen Hurts yeah. gets it. Because well, I think you know it just shows that you know black guys can't play. You know what I'm saying? No doubt. No doubt. Arnold, thank thank you for the call. Think of the storylines of the two quarterbacks in that game too, Courtney. Mm-hmm. Daniel Jones was totally discarded by everybody, myself included. You know, why is he even still the starter in New York? And he's been really not just like above average. He's been good. You know, he's He's been something else. And then Jalen Hurts had to transfer in college because he got replaced at halftime of the national championship game. So these are two quarterbacks that, that their coaches and the, the fan bases kind of left for dead that have gotten up off the mat, and they both have that in common. And you go back to last week where Daniel Jones is, in a way, doing what we've seen from Jalen Hurts all season long, both with his arm and his legs. Like, that's really impressive for somebody to throw for 300 yards. It's not hard to do on that Minnesota defense. But he also ran for 78 yards. Like, truly, they have found a way – Brian Dable in this first year, I mean, the reason that the Giants hired him and brought Joe Shane with him from Buffalo is because they had a blueprint up there that they were able to see through where they took Josh Allen to the next level and put him in a spot where he is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Daniel Jones needed that. And I think the breath of fresh air that Brian Dable has breathed into this Giants program and where this franchise is headed it makes this very exciting. And, and the hard thing, too, is to beat a team three times in a season. So I'm with Arnold. If if history has shown us anything, it's that the game that we saw against the Giants and the Eagles, I think it was week 13, that was that 44 44- Forty-four uh, twenty-eight yeah. game, yep. like that was that was a butt kicking in every single form and fashion of that word. But the game that we saw in Week eighteen, the Giant starters weren't playing in that game, so I felt felt like that was not a true indication of how of good not. this matchup could be. So certainly this time around, it's very hard to beat a team three times. My money's actually going to be on the Giants this weekend to pull off the upset. You know who deserves a little credit for what's going on with the Giants? Maybe even break him off a ring if they were to win a Super Bowl. Gettleman. Everybody bagged on Gettleman because he didn't like analytics. He didn't have the internet. He didn't have email. Whatever. He drafted some pretty good players. Now, Courtney, he hired some terrible coaches. So based on that, but a GM job, you know, it... it as far as a scout goes, identifying Dexter Lawrence at 17 and now the Daniel Jones pick doesn't look so bad and the Saquon pick all of a sudden doesn't look so bad. I don't know. Maybe some Giant fans owe Gettleman a bit of an apology. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Stefan is in Vegas and he joins the sports god and goddess on Mount Olympus. What's up, Stefan? What's going on, man? How you guys doing? What game you picking? You only can choose one. Jags Chiefs. Jags Chiefs. You got Andy Reid going against his protege. You got Trevor Lawrence and the Jags making a statement to the AFC, showing their faces, and they never won a championship before. So it's 
it's new. It's something big. We haven't felt this big since like '99. Thank you for the call, Stefan. I think that the Jags have gotten some bandwagon fans, Courtney. I think Trevor Lawrence is a national figure, mm-hmm. right? And I think, you know, coming off of the Urban Meyer debacle, I think that they've kind of become America's team a bit in the of all the teams uh, remaining. You don't think Buffalo has that nod? I think that Buffalo's more of America's team. The Jaguars are the feel-good story of, like, from a football perspective because of everything that you mentioned with Trevor Lawrence getting truly like this was his rookie season because of all the Urban Meyer stuff last year and Doug Peterson, after taking a year off of coaching, lands in a terrific spot to be able to rejuvenate his career. And from the outside looking in, this was a team that had a lot of question marks with the way that the roster was comprised. I mean, think back to free agency and everybody's saying, huh? Why are they giving Christian Kirk four years a bajillion dollars? Like now it looks like a really good deal. And given what happened in that second half, it's a brand new receiving core around Trevor Lawrence this year. Every single one of those guys from Marvin Jones to Zay Jones to Evan Ingram to Christian Kirk caught a touchdown in that game. And if that's a microcosm of what they can bring to the table as nine-point underdogs against the Kansas City Chiefs, at least we know it's going to be an exciting game. Like I honestly hope that this game is closer than at least the point spread right now seems like it's going to be. Sure, but sure. it's tough because the Chiefs, when they play at Arrowhead, this is why I was beating the drum all season long that a team like Buffalo – needed to have home field advantage throughout the playoffs and that it really would have helped a you know a team like the Cincinnati Bengals even though last year they showed they could go on the road and win in the postseason sure. not having home yeah. field advantage the, that home field advantage at Arrowhead is unlike anything we've seen in the right. AFC in quite some time I hope the moment's not going to be too big for this Jaguars team and just as a reminder if the Bills and Chiefs do play in the AFC championship game it will be in lovely Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta Love Georgia. an indoor stadium so glad that the NFL didn't complicate this thing by throwing weather into it. The uh, over-under in that game, I'm setting at 172 points, too, with those two teams and those two quarterbacks. We'll see the Jags, the Bengals would have to comply in order to get that game. Up next, with all the talk about Rodgers and Brady, there is another quarterback whose future is uncertain. We discuss that after Courtney tells you a little bit more about FanDuel. The NFL playoffs are heating up, and the easiest way to get into all the action is with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. New customers, if you join today to get started, they'll give you $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up with promo code PLAY. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props, so don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in bonus bets with Win or lose with promo code PLAY, P-L-A-Y. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 
Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Just good enough to not quite be good enough. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. You can listen on your smart speaker, 888-ESPN. Our number, if you want to jump in with us, I'm Aaron Goldhammer with Courtney Cronin. And Courtney, I'm talking about your old pal because you used to cover the Vikings for ESPN NFL Nation. Kirk Cousins, who's good enough to go 13-4, and four, but is not good enough to win even one home playoff game over the New York Giants. And if I was a Vikings fan, I would be just about done with the Kirk Cousins era. Well, it depends what part of the fan base you're from because they're – are a bunch of Vikings fans who have latched on to Kirk Cousins and say that he's been unfairly, you know, criticized for what happened in the playoff game against the New York Giants. And just to be clear here, Aaron, they didn't lose that game because of the fourth and eight and his decision to check it down to TJ Hawkinson five yards shy of the sticks. They lost that game because of their defense. Their defense gave up 430 yards. Daniel Jones had his highest yard after yards after the catch you know uh, throughout the season because they just refused to tackle anybody I don't know what happened there but that was a breakdown clearly in the way that they were supposed to defend the New York Giants but when it comes to Cousins there is criticism that is justified when you look at not just the options that he had on that play where you got to heave up a prayer to somebody. Yeah. He's not a playmaker. He's not somebody who's going to be able to run around and make a throw on the run and keep the drive alive. That's not been his MO throughout the first decade plus of his career. He's going to be 35 soon. How can you right, expect right. him, you know, effectively a zebra to change his stripes? He's not going to get better at this point in his career. No, and and I and he's expensive. Like, he isn't is. that part of the problem? If he cost half the price, then you could load up the defense with other players, and then maybe that's a strategy that would make sense. But if you're going to pay him like he's the guy that converts the fourth and eight. He has to at least attempt to convert the fourth and eight. Yeah, and there's a lot that this team has to do this offseason. As we know, Justin Jefferson, who is a star, is eligible for an extension. Is he going to want to sign here knowing that the makeup of this team is going to look considerably different next year? What's Eric Hendricks' future? What's Adam Thielen's future? A lot of the veterans on this team might not be there this next season because of the roster turnover and the contract situation and the cap hits. And, you know, on top of that, is the team going to offer Kirk Cousins another extension, another short-term extension? He signed one basically to lower his cap number for 2022, but he also had a, you know, in this one-year contract extension he signed during the offseason, he has a no-trade clause. So this is somebody who's set to earn $30 million in cash. $36.25 million would count against the salary cap in 2023. The Vikings are going to try to get that number lower, but are they willing to give Cousins the type of extension that he would desire. Because if you're his representation, you go in and say, 13 wins this season, got this team to the playoffs, pay me. And I just don't know that it's in the best interest of the Minnesota Vikings to do that. Yeah, I, I don't either. Quasi Adolfo Mensa's 
going to be making some of these decisions, although I imagine ownership is going to be involved too. He's the general manager of the Vikings. He was asked earlier today about Cousins and his future. You know, it's our expectation that he'll be our quarterback. I can't say exactly how that would look. Um, Again, we have everything at our disposal. We'll consider all those things just like we will with everybody else on the roster. What do you think of the Vikings for a Lamar Jackson destination, Courtney? If he were to get tagged and traded? Yeah. That's your idea? I mean... Like like a team that's really a player like that away from really having a big window to win the Super Bowl. You know, like for a year or two, but pushing all their chips into the middle on it. All their draft picks, all their cap money, everything. You know, it it's a, it's smart in theory. I just don't know that this team would end up pulling off a move like that. The way that they went about this, uh, you know, whatever you want to call 2022, Quasi dubbed it a competitive rebuild, which that's kind of an oxymoron in a lot of ways. Because when you're rebuilding, you're usually tearing things down from the studs, whereas this team went and kind of retooled certain positions they restock the shelves on certain shelves restock the shelves in the pantry so to speak and yeah I don't know like they're never going to be a team that goes all the way down to the studs and tries to rebuild from there that's not how ownership views things so I don't know if they'd end up having to do that to get Lamar Jackson but they are going to have a question here with Kurt coming forward but it does feel like football purgatory where the Minnesota Vikings are living right now. And that's, you either want to go up or you want to go all the way down. You got to have a direction as an organization up next. What does the future hold for a future hall of famer? We discuss on Canty and Carlin on ESPN radio. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. 